KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. And we're beginning the uh, summer session, Tavshin Samachet. This is Ezra Bek. And today's year we're starting a new series, which I will be giving, on the structure of Tefillah. We're going to be covering uh, different aspects of basically Tefillah Shacharit. Uh, what's called Tefillah Shacharit, what appears in the Sidu that we say every morning to understand the different parts, the relationships between them, and to raise various questions concerning them. This will be the Shur every Monday for the summer's month, for this period of time, um, between now and Tisha B'Av. And today, I will begin with Birkot Hashacha. First introductory remark. The word Tefillah, as it appears, generally speaking, in Chazal, in the Gemara Brachot, means Shemon The word Tefillah means the Amidah, the Shemon Esrei, the 19 Brachot, which in our Sidurim appears someplace in the middle of the Tefillah. Properly speaking, halachically speaking, that's what the word Tefillah means, and Tefillat Shacharit is the Shemon of Shacharit. We're going to be examining a, a, a great many of the sessions that we're going to have. We'll examine why are there other things in the Sidur and how do they relate to Tefillah, to Shemon So when we start with Birkot HaShacha, which is the first thing in most shuls that is said in shul, that is said out loud, that is said by the Chazan. To what extent is it really part of tefillah, and how is it connected to tefillah? The truth is, we could have started earlier. If you open up a sidur, so I think the first thing you have in the sidur is modani, and after modani, when you get to shul, many people say matovu, and there's berchat tefillin and berchat tzitzit. Okay, so here I'm willing to skip those parts for now. I think we understand that Modani is not connected to Tefillah. It's what a person says when he wakes up. And frankly, it's not mentioned in the Gemara. Uh, it's not a Chova. It's not a, it's not, it's not a Halacha that one should say it. The Bracha and Tefillin is a Bracha Mitzvah. You put on Tefillin in the morning. You have to make a Bracha and Tefillin just like any Mitzvah before you eat Matzah and Pesach, you made a bracha. Before you ate Maror and Pesach, before you hit Shofar, you make a bracha. Before you put on tefillin, you need to make a bracha. The same thing for Tzitzit. So I'm starting from Birkat HaShachar. My main reason is because we have a natural feeling that it is part of tefillah, which is caused by two things. One is that it's said in Shul. And Shul is the place in which you daven. And two is we have a feeling, which I now would like to investigate, that you have to say it every day. You don't have to say Birkot HaTfilin every day. You only have to say it when you put on Tfilin. Of course, we put on Tfilin every day, but not on Shabbat, for instance, and not on Chag. And it's not necessarily clear that you actually do have to put on Tfilin every day, and if you do, it could be you have to put it on all day. So normally you put on Tfilin before you begin to daven, because the Gemara in Barachot says that the ideal picture of an Oved Hashem is a person who's wearing tefillin, wearing tzitzit, saying Kriyat Shema and saying Shema Nesai. So that's what connected tefillin and tzitzit specifically to tefillah. But of course, 
a moment's reflection, I think, will make it clear to everybody that there is no inherent, intrinsic, obligatory connection between tefillin and tzitzit and tefillah. The Pasuk says you should wear tefillin, which means all the time. The Pasuk says you should wear tzitzit. If you're wearing a four-cornered garment, then you have to wear tzitzit all the time. And if you're not wearing a four-cornered garment, you don't have to wear tzitzit at all. The Gemara Vachot has this ideal version of, so to speak, wearing the uniform of a Jew, being dressed like a Jew, being mekabel ol machut shamayim, saying kriyat shema, and davening, being obeyed Hashem. You should combine them all. So I'm skipping tefillin and itzbacha, tzitzit and itzbacha, beginning from Bekot HaShachar. Bekot HaShachar, uh, what's it, what is included? First of all, I mean the Bekot beginning with Hanotena Sachbivina, which is in Moshul's, what the Chazan begins with out loud. But before that, there are some other Bekot normally said, Asher Yatzah, Elokai Nishama, and Bekat HaTorah. Okay. In general, if you look at the Gemara in Brachot, where these Mesechet uh, Brachot, where these Brachot derive, from which these Brachot derive, it would appear that there is no connection between these Brachot and what we call Tefillah. The ninth parak of Brachot, parak Haro'e, is consists of a long list of Brachot, most of which are said occasionally. If you see the Great Sea, you make a Bracha. On that, if you hear light, if you hear thunder, you see lightning, you make a bracha on that. If you've been saved from some trouble, you have to thank God. You make a bracha on that. And on daf eh, daf samach, the Gemara brings certain other brachot. It's in the same continuum of if A then B. If this happens, you make a bracha. It brings the brachot that we call birkot hashacha. When a person exits Beit HaKisei, when he exits the bathroom, Omer, I assume most of us didn't even think of Asher as being really part of Birkot HaShachar because we say it all day. Anytime you come out of the bathroom, you say Birkot HaShachar, not only in the morning. But the Gemara then continues. Hanichnas Lishon al Mitato. It's an interesting beginning. We're actually in the middle of the same thing which began with Asher Hanichnas Lishon al Mitato. The reading, the, I'm going to read it quickly, but the long reading that continues now begins at night, actually, not in the morning. Before you go to sleep, Omer, Mishma Yisrael ad bayayim shamor v'mer baruch hamapil chevlei sheina al einai. So this text begins with the saying of Birkat hamapil, when you go to sleep. And then it continues. A few lines later, I'm skipping the long bracha. When he wakes up, when he went to sleep, he said, When he wakes up, 
אתה נפחת בי, אתה משמרה בקרבי, ואתה עתיד להתלה ממני. So, ברכת אלוקי נשמה is when you wake up, you make this ברכה. And now I continue reading and I'll read it without, uh, without a pause. When you hear the call of the, uh, of the rooster, When he opens his eyes, When he stretches and sits up, He gets dressed, כי זקף, when he stands up, ברוך זוקף כפופים. כי נחת לארה, למה ברוך חוקי ארץ עד המים. כי מסני, פוצה הישוז, למה ברוך המכין לצעדי גבר. כי שיא המסני, when he ties his shoes, למה ברוך שעשה לי קוד סוקי. כי עשר המיני, פוצה נסבלת, למה ברוך עוזי ישראל בגבורה. כי פרס סודרה על רישה, when he פוצה נסהט, למה ברוך עוטה ישראל בתפארה. כי מטאטא בציצית, למה ברוך השקל של המצב הצבעון ולטא בציצית? כי מנח תפילין. למה ברוך השקל של המצב הצבעון ולהניח תפילין? כי מה שידי, when he washes his hands, למה ברוך השקל של המצב הצבעון ועל נטילת ידיים? כי מה שאפי, when he washes his face, למה ברוך המעביר חברי שינה מעיניי ותנומה מאף אפיי. ויהי רצון, etc. From the list, which first of all includes Tfilin and Tzitzit. And from the fact that this, it's basically, although not technically, it's part of a much longer list, which is the entire parak, and the language. When this happens, you make a bracha, it would appear that these brachot are very similar to when you hear thunder, you say, uh, you say a bracha. When you see lightning, you say, And when you hear a rooster, you say, In fact, there was a great disagreement among the Rishonim as to the nature of the connection between these Berachot, which we call Berachot HaShacha, and the event listed in the Gemara, the events which I just quoted. The Rambam in Hilchot Tefillah, Perek Zayin, Uh, or let me go back a little bit starting with Halakha uh, Gimel quotes at length the list of the Bechot with their reasons with their stimuli B'Sha'ash יקץ בסוף שנתו מברך פרו מיטתו כך אלוקי נשמע כששומע קורת תנגולים מברך ברוך אתה שומע לכולם הנותן לסחביב הנה להבחין בין יום ולילה כשליש בגדה מברך מרביש ערומים אצטרה 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 ולנה רמב״ם קונקלודס אין הלך הזין שמונה עשר ברכות אלו I trust them there were eighteen ברכות they listed אין להם סדר, אני מברך כל אחת מהם על דבר שהברכה בשבילו בשעתו. They don't have an order, unlike what appears in our סידורים. They don't have an order, but you make each one of them on the thing that it is for at its time. In other words, when you hear the rooster, that's when you make the bracha. And if you hear the rooster after you wash your hands, and you say, נתלת ידיים first, and then the rooster bracha. And if it's the other way around, then it's the other way around. כיצד? הרי שחגר חגרו והוא על מיטתו. מברך עוזי עשר בגבורה. 
the law, the order of the Gemara assumed that you first stand up and then you put on your belt. So first you say Zokev Kufim and then you say Oza Yisal Begevura. But if it's the other way around, it's the other way around. And then the Mamma adds, V'chol bracha mehen shelo nitchayev ba, e'inom v'barech ota. And if you were not obligated in it, meaning the event, the stimuli event did not take place, then you don't make the bracha. Ketzad, halachachet, lan b'ksuto, you went to sleep wearing clothing. E'inom v'barech shomeid, malbish arumim, you don't make the bracha, malbish arumim, he who clothes the naked, because you are not being clothed after being naked. Halach yachef, you decide not to wear shoes that day. You're going to walk around barefoot, something which is not strange at all to the Mamam who lived in Egypt. And Halakha, which is perhaps more familiar, but is, is simply an application of the previous principle. You don't wash your hands. The Ramam quotes in Alachat Tete, he knows the Minhag is not like that. Most of the people make these brachot in the Beit HaKneset, whether they have been obligated or not obligated, whether the event took place or not. And it is incorrect. And it is wrong. So the Bible actually says two halachot here. One is that you should make it at the time in response to the event which obligates it and not, as he says later on in the Beit HaKneset, Baseda, in the order. Two, he says, if there's no stimuli, if the event doesn't take place, you don't make the Bechar. So it would appear that the Bible treats these Bechot as examples of what we call Bikot HaShevach, which is the basic topic of the ninth parak of Bachot. Certain events elicit a Baracha response. There are Bikot HaRiyah, there are Bikot HaNa'ah. Certain events we respond to with a Bacha. When a person sees great mountains, he says, Osema Sabrishit. When he sees the great sea, he says, Asher Asat Gadol. When he sees somebody who hasn't seen for a year or more, he says, Baruch Mechayei And when he hears the crowing of the rooster, he says, Asher Natana Sechbivina And when he is zochet to put on his clothing, in response to that event, it's a little bit different, right? it's not an external event which impinged upon your consciousness. But nonetheless, it's an event which elicits a response, so therefore, the response should be immediate, And two, you can only respond if there's something to respond to. If you've skipped, if you have not uh, experienced the stimulus, stimulus of that particular bracha, you don't make it at all. These are two different. These are two different questions concerning the the second question. Does one make these brachot without the particular stimulus? There are three shitot in the Rishonim. The Bamam says you don't. The Ramban. In Bechot says, you do. These Bechot are not for your personal experience, but minhago shel olam. Because you're not making the Bechot because you have put on shoes, but because God has given 
mankind choose to put on in the morning. And therefore the Ramban says we make these berachot whether we have been personally obligated, in other words, personally experienced or not. This obviously is what the Minag and Ramban points out, that's the Minag. And later on the Poskim say, well, you know, it's Machok Rishonim, but the truth is, this is the Minag. And therefore we follow this Minag. The most obvious case is the Vusta case. The Gemara says, when you hear the rooster crow and you make the bracha, almost none of us hear roosters crow. I actually do hear rooster crowing every morning, but not necessarily, well, I don't hear him every morning. Uh, also, he doesn't crow in the morning. He tends to, my rooster across the street tends to crow at one o'clock in the morning. I'm not too impressed with the, his ability to distinguish between night and day. But most of us don't hear rooster at all, nonetheless, of course, we all make the bracha. So that's Shittat Ramban. There is an intermediary shita, the shita of Tosvot in Bachot, who says it depends on the bracha. Specifically the bracha of the rooster, he says, that's for sure not about roosters. Why would you make a bracha about a rooster? The bracha is about the fact that God has distinguished night and day, has separated the day into night and day. The rooster is merely the way that we notice this. But if you notice it, you notice it anyhow. So the Gemara said, you know, when the, when the night becomes day, you make this bracha. But you're making it on basically on the dawn. You're making it on the light of the day. And so this particular case is for sure min olam, on the universal fact, the fact of nature, that day becomes the night becomes day, not on the rooster. There might be other brachot, Tosa suggests, which that would also be true for. Tosa's main point is distinguished between brachot which are on phenomena and brachot which are on Hana'a, on enjoyment. So, so, Ozer Yisrael Bigavura, that's for my having a belt. Or tell yourself it's for my having a hat. So, Kifkufim is for my being able to stretch out my limbs. Other Bachot, he only mentions one. That's not for the enjoyment I have of hearing a rooster. That's not enjoyment. It's for the fact that there is a distinction between night and day. The tour extends Tosfot. He says, well, some of the other Bachot are also like that, not just Hanotena Sechvivina. He says, well, the fact that there is firm ground. It's not, he claims, it's not because I feel the firm ground under my feet, but be, we thank God for the fact that he has made firm ground, that he has distinguished water from ground. It's the same idea as Tosfot, but a slightly longer list of what he calls universal Bachot as opposed to personal subjective Bachot. But it's basically one shita that some of the Bachot, if you look at them, you'll see that they refer to universal phenomena. But most of the Bachot are, uh, are, are Hana'ot. These are three, three Shitot as to whether you make the Bachot at all. If you have not experienced the event listed in the Gemara. As I pointed out, the Rambam says that you don't. And therefore the conclusion that one would probably derive from the Rambam is that, in, in fact, these aren't b'chot of tefillah. These are b'chot ha-nenin or b'chot ha-riyah, b'chot ha-shevach. These are b'chot that one makes in response, which is a very, very long list. And doesn't include only these 18 b'chot, but it includes uh, many, many b'chot. The Rambam lists in hilchot b'chot, as I mentioned, lightning, thunder, uh, smells, etc., etc., etc. Many, many bachot a person makes under certain, under certain things. 
On the other hand, it is worth noting that Mamam brings these berachot in Hilchot Tefillah and the other berachot in Hilchot Berachot. And so I would suggest even according to the Mamam, if we look at the opening line of Perek Zayin of Hilchot Tefillah, the Mamam states as follows, Kishetiknu Chachamim Divrei Tefillot Elu The previous six chapters, the Mamam has explained Hilchot Tefillah in the strict sense, meaning the Halachot of Shemun Completely, from Perak Aleph to the end of Perak Vav, he's been talking about Shimon And then he says, Kishetiknu Chachamim Divrei Tefilot Eilu. When Chachamim established these Tefilot, meaning Shachus Mincha Maivev Shimon Esrei, Tiknu Brachot Acherot Levarech Otan Bechol Yom. Ve'eilu Hen. And then he begins reading the long Brachot that I opened up with. So the Rambam in fact says, that the takana, the enactment of Chazal, to say these brachot is part and parcel of the enactment of davening. Even though he writes that the takana is, Kishi kenei sadana mitatol yishon, mevarech hamapir. Ukishe korei kach vakach, yasa kach vakach. He's very insistent that these brachot are al-tanai, they're conditional. But he does place them, one, in the category of Ilchot Tefillah, and it's not an accident. He says explicitly, when the Takana was made for Tefillah, Takana was made for these as well. So therefore, I said, even going to the Rambam, yes, it's part of Tefillah, it's part of Ilchot Tefillah, even though it's conditional. It's not quite the same as haphazard. If you happen to be walking in the street and you see light, you make the following Bacha. These Bachot were made. There's a technical and obvious difference. Normal life includes all these bachot. Everyone goes to sleep, everybody gets up, everybody gets dressed. And presumably one time everybody heard the rooster, or at least was aware of the fact that night follows day. And therefore, apparently the Bible is saying, one has not an accidental obligation to make these bachot, but a daily obligation. It's true, the Bible feels it makes no sense to make a bracha on being clothed if you're not wearing clothes or if you weren't unclothed beforehand and became clothed now. Makes no sense. But nonetheless, the the takana, the reason behind Chazal doing it wasn't, oh, it's important to respond, but it's important to say the brachot. And I think if we think about it, it becomes obvious that that has to be the case because there's a basic difference between these brachot and the other ones listed. Presumably, if you're walking in the street and suddenly there's a lightning flash, that's an awesome experience which which emotionally elicits a response, should elicit a response of Osama Sabrishit. To take another example, not quite a Birkata Ri'iyah, but a Birkata Na'ah, if a person eats, he has to bench the most classic and opening Bracha of Hilchot Brachot of the Rambam. You've had Hana'ah, I mean real Hana'ah, you've actually, you've enjoyed a meal, you, you'll your life is different because of it. So of course you have to thank God and so we feel Bukot Hanan and before you eat. The Bukot which the Tosfos calls Hana'ah here, putting on a belt, putting on a hat, standing up, it, it, it's true there's a very important Hana'ah but experientially we're not really having an unusual or, or, or special experience where a person responds to the, to the disclosure of God's power, might, chesed or something else. After all, I'm the one who's putting on the belt. It's not that as if, you know, out through the window, all of a sudden, the light came. So, uh, m- maybe light in the morning. But stretching your limbs, standing up, putting on a belt, putting on shoes, putting on clothing. 
So I think that the point is yes. Tosus is correct. These are Hana'ot. But here Chazal were interested in making sure that we notice these Hana'ot. These are the Hana'ot of being alive. They're not the Hana'ot of actions, of occurrences, or of accidents. It's not that sometimes in life we have a certain special experience. You're alive! And what Chazal have done here is in a very minute manner, broken down breathing, broken down living into its component parts. When I say minute, the distinction between putting on clothes, putting on shoes, and the distinction between putting on shoes and tying your shoes. So what Chazal are driving at us to is to experience what it means to be alive and how that derives from God. Of course, the obvious prime example of that is Asher Yatzah et Adam B'chokhmah or maybe better Excuse me You bless God thank God for having a soul in other words for being alive for waking up in the morning. So in fact these are daily brachot. But nonetheless Ramam says technically speaking you have to have a cause. And the man says, whether you personally experience shoes or not, whether you, the, the, these are facets of life which you can make the bracha for. Aside from this question as to whether you make it without the stimula, there's a second question which I quoted from the Rambam as to when you make it. Are the questions related or not? Well, it, they are and they're not. The Ramam obviously connects the two of them. He puts the two of them together in the same statement. Since I am correct, therefore you only make them when you've experienced it. And two, you uh, only make it when you've experienced it. You only make it if you've experienced it. You only make it when you've experienced it. The opinion of the Ramban would allow one, and it makes sense, and in fact the Ramban does connect it to, to not only make the Bracha without the stimulus, but also to, because it's divorced, so there's no particular time either. If you're making it al min hagoshel olam, then you can make it more or less any time. The minag is to say them in shul. But not all Rishonim made this distinction. Some Rishonim thought that in both directions, even though it's al min hagoshel olam, then nonetheless you should make it if there is a stimulus, as the Gemara in fact mentions then you should make it then. Only if there is no stimulus, then you make it in general. So for most of us, we do put on clothes. You should make the bracha right away. If you don't put on clothes, you make the bracha anyhow. Some Mishnah thought the opposite. Even though they thought that you make the bracha in response to a stimulus, you don't have to make it right away. And this involves another question of halacha. Namely, when does one make bachot, which are responsive bachot? The, the Gemara says in Psachim Davzayin, that kol ha-brachot mevarech otam over l'asiyatan. All brachot should be made immediate to their uh, action. But as we shall point out there, and as the Gemara makes it quite clear from its examples, that's talking about brachot ha-mitzvot, and the word over means before. So brachot ha-mitzvot, which are made before a mitzvah, over l'asiyatan, meaning immediately before their performance. What's performance? Performance of the mitzvah. Brachot ha-mitzvah are made immediately, and the word immediately is a very important word in the Gemara, Immediately before doing a mitzvah, you're not going to be mafsik between berkat tkiat shofar and tkiat shofar. Netilat lulav and lulav. We're all familiar 
with the complication, when do you make the Bachan Tlat Lulav? Because the Gemara was so makpid that there should be no interruption. So if you're not holding the Lulav yet, you have to pick it up. The picking up is a, is a half-sake. But if you're very holding it, you're very yotze. So therefore, you have the eight salt, hold it upside down, or, or, or other ideas like that. But that's only by Bechot mitzvot. Our Bechot are not made before, they're made after. How soon after do they have to be made? There's a Yushalmi which implies that it has to be Tochet Edibu, which is the minimum amount of time. A vape means a very, very short period of time. A response means an immediate response. However, many Yushalmi didn't agree or didn't think that Allah said that was true. The Ramban in Psachim Davzayim raises the question and is not convinced that it need be made right away. And on that basis, many Poskim, even though they agreed in principle with the Ramban, that without the stimuli, you shouldn't make it. And that's how the Mechaber in Shulchan Aruch in fact paskins, which is why many people do not make a bracha on wearing shoes on Yom Kippur or Tisha B'Av. It's, it's mentioned in many Sidurim not to make the bracha. But nonetheless, they agreed with the Minog to not make the bracha right away, but to make it later on. Why does that Minog, why should we do it that way? Where does the Minog come from? So that apparently was a like a weight takana. Because, one, not everybody knows the bracha. By making it in shul, the chazan can make it. And he'll be motzi, people who don't know how to make it. And you'll know which bracha to make. So, for convenience, for the masses, they what you can lisader, what you can organize in shul is better. There's also a technical reason, which some postmen thought was important, although they admitted apparently was not true halacha lemaisa, according to the Gemara. And that is, should can you make these bracha before washing your hands? In the Gemara. If you recall, I read it very quickly. But washing one's hands came at the end. That's because the original bachot were made when you were still in bed. As soon as you hear, like this, your eyes are closed. The rooster crows and wakes you up. You right away make. When you open your eyes, you right away make. By the time you get to wash your hands, you've already stood up, gotten dressed, at least the way the Gemara seems to assume, and gone to wash your hands, and then you make netilat yadayim. So apparently, you're allowed to make bachot before you wash your hands. I think most of us were taught when we were children not to say Shem Hashem before you wash your hands. You can't make a bachot and not say Shem Hashem. In fact, uh, the minig of saying Moda Ani, which is not mentioned in the Gemara, is explained by many poskim as being a desire to say something to God when you still not allowed to say God's name. Moda Ani doesn't have God's name in it. So you say it right away before you've washed your hands. But from the Gemara, it appears clear that you could say brachot without washing your hands. Washing your hands is only necessary for tefillah, for Shemon So the poskim write, but apparently the Gaonim, the authors of our Sidur, the Gaonim of Bavel, who already have the Seder HaBrachot that we have organized, apparently as part of tefillah, they didn't want people saying brachot before they wash their hands. It's not appropriate. And therefore, they pushed off making these brachot till you get to shul when you've already washed your hands. and you, even, even the brachot nitlat yadayim, the chazan might be, perhaps be saying in shul, it's listed in the sidur, is being said right before asher yatsa, it's all part of the seder, brachot ashacha. But it's okay, because there in fact is no need to say brachot immediately after the stimuli, even if you do need the stimuli. So our minag, which we don't even need the stimuli, so of course you can say it later on. You could say it earlier as well. But the minahag 
was instituted. They quoted the name of the Mamami Gutenberg, who wanted it to be this way. Others say the name of the Gaonim. It, the minig of in different places, and it's a universal minig. Svadim Ashkenazim to make the brachot in shul. A particular question involves the brachat of Netilat Yadayim, which is a brachat ha-mitzvah and not a brachat ha-shevach. These brachot are responses to stimuli, but and if you can say maybe you don't need a stimuli, but Netilat Yadayim is a brachat ha-mitzvah, and brachat ha-mitzvah, as we pointed out, must be immediately before. Netilat Yadayim is not done before; it's done immediately after. The reason is because the Gemara says that Bukat HaTvila is not done before. It's an exception to the rule. Many Rishonim think that Netilat Yadayim is the same as Tevila. We're not going to go into the details now. But we all know that when you wash your hands for eating, so you make the Bukat immediately after, before you've dried your hands. You should do it quickly. The Bukat Netilat Yadayim in the morning, same Bukat. Presumably it should be done before washing your hands or according to the Psak. That it's done after, but immediately after. Nonetheless, even this bracha, the minhag is, or was, was instituted, and many people do follow this minhag of making it only when you get to shul. One of the reasons given, I think, I didn't look this up today, I think by the Rashba, is that the need for washing your hands in the morning is because of tefillah, which in fact is what the Gemara says. You didn't, have, you didn't need it for bachot. <laughs> there's, there's an internal contradiction there. But you didn't actually have to wash your hands before making bachot. You need it before you daven. And therefore, uh, we instituted it before davening. Meaning when you get to shul and you begin to, to get ready for davening. And therefore, it's the bachot. The way we have it in Asidum, it's the first bachot. Followed by Asher Yatzah and Elokai Nishama. And then the other bachot HaShachah. So, we have here a basic machloket. Are these brachot response brachot to particular events or are they response brachot to being alive? In either event, I think, taking the Ramam as the most extreme shita, there's a difference between a response to the even the events of being alive, those experiences that I have which are part of my being alive, and haphazard accidental brachot to occurrences in our daily lives. These are brachot which are part of the part of your daily of your daily actions, even though sometimes you will not make them. As a secondary point, which is connected but not necessarily connected to it, is when does one make the brachot? So Allah Khalamaisa it turned out, the Minak is that at least most of the brachot are made as part of davening, meaning they're they're in the Sidur, they're in the Shul. The Chazan is already saying it out loud in order to be motzi, those who for some reason do not know how to say it. So very much halacha lemaisa, it's part of it's part of tefillah, which is why I began talking about it in this series. When I pointed out that even even philosophically, it is part of tefillah in the sense that it's part of man's daily avodah, even according to the Ramban, and surely according to the Ramban, who says it's al minhago al minhago shel olam. However. We should be aware of the fact that it's not part of tefillah in the strict sense. It's, in fact, it's a person's personal reaction to his either personal life or to his being part of the personal lives of Kali who are alive. Now, very, very quickly, I'd like to mention, we talked about Berkot HaShachar, Biruli began from, more or less from, Asher Natan HaSach There's also Berkot Torah which we didn't talk about, which deserves to be thought about. And I sort of glossed over 
which are in the list in the Gemara, but somewhat different. There also are three other brachot, four actually, four brachot, which are not mentioned in the Gemara and brachot. Three of them, Shalosani Goy, Shalosani Shav, Shalosani Avid, are not mentioned in the Gemara and brachot, they're mentioned in a different Gemara altogether, in Menachot. Completely different place. They're mentioned in the Yushalmi in brachot, but in the Bible they're only mentioned in Menachot. It's a little bit strange. They're also a little bit different. You know, they're definitely not responses to experiences. You couldn't write in the Gemara brachot. When you, what? When you notice that you're a man and not a woman, when you notice that you're Jewish, I mean, there's no, there's no event. And therefore, no stimulus. Obviously, according to Rambam, you make it every day. Philosophically, I think it's not, that all, that, it's not all that different. It's, these are brachot which are really responses to being alive. So there's no particular event that, that, in which you experience being Jewish. It's, it's, it's the very, very first thing you do. But nonetheless, I thank God that I am alive, that I'm breathing. So yes, since these are connected to how you're breathing as an Obed Hashem, so you're breathing Jewish, and if you're male, you're breathing male, and you're breathing free as opposed to being an Ebed, all these things are connected to, to mitzvot, how many mitzvot one is obligated in. But they do have a different status, and, 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 uh, and a different source in the Gemara. The other one is the last Vacha in the list, which is not mentioned in the Gemara at all, and seems to have come out of nowhere. It was added at a much later date, some poskim were opposed to it. There's a general opposition to making brachot, which will not have a source in the Gemara. And the explanation for the brachot is really a very, very interesting explanation. It is a different kind of brachot. So if we wanted to continue the line that we've said as to what brachot ha-shachara, being alive, the Rishonim uh, explain that when you slept, you were dead, or God has taken your soul to, so to speak, refurbish it. It's gone in for an overhaul. And in the morning, you get back a freshened and refreshened soul. That's one shot of Another explanation was that this bracha was instituted at a late time as part of Jewish weariness. Galat was wearing the Jews down. And someone thought, Rabotainu thought, that it was necessary to remind the Jew that God, as part of his life, Aside from the regular laws of nature, oxygen, food, muscles, your body works, Jews have a special work, not because they do more, but that they can do the same thing, even though they are so burdened and worn down by gullet and persecution, etc. It's a bracha without a source, without a tamirak source. It's slightly different. There surely is no particular event Except the same event, the fact that you can move it all, but it comes to suggest, remind us that it's not so simple. Even being in the same level isn't so simple. We're actually being dragged down, and God helps us drag ourselves back up, gives us the koch to continue. That's why I want to talk about it today. We will continue the Fi Seder Hasidur in the coming weeks. Thank you very much. You've been listening to KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah, Udvar Hashem Li Yerushalayim.